Amen. I've got a message this morning that the Lord put on my heart, and let's just pray that it comes out the way God wants it to. So there's three different ingredients to a good message, or three different ingredients for a good delivery. The first is that God's got to be in it. And the second is that the listener should be pulling. And the third is that the speaker should be pushing. Because when somebody's pushing and somebody's pulling and the source is God, then we get revelation. And if you don't know how to pull, let me put it to you this way. Expect to hear from God this morning. Don't expect to hear from me. You know you're going to hear from me, but expect to hear from God. God has a way of taking natural things and making them supernatural. You know, all he's got to do is put the super on it. He's got to put the spirit on it. But, you know, there is a spirit to comprehend. There is an anointing to hear. There's an anointing for a spoken word to become a rhema word, which means it's active and it's living. It's, it's what you need right now. And this has always amazed me in the last 24, 25 years of preaching is is when I preach, I I think I'm preaching one subject, but this person over here gets blessed in a completely different way. And this person over here gets blessed in a completely different way because they're pulling, they're expecting to hear from God. So say this with me. I'm expecting to hear from God this morning. John chapter 7, verse 37 Uh, We're going to begin, just dive right in. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and he shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart or from his belly or from his innermost being or his soul. That's all, all, all the same thing. Actually, what that word heart literally translated in the Greek is bowels. From, that's how deep that th- this river flows. And I want you to notice something you probably never picked up before. He says, and the scripture says rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And this can be translated from the heart of Jesus and from you. Everybody say, I can have a river. You know, sometimes when you go through life, it gets dry. And I don't know if anybody's ever been to the Grand Canyon or to uh, the Great Desert. I, I tell you what, I've been in Mali, Africa, way up north in the, the, the desert there, 130 degrees, negative humidity. Somebody says, I don't know what that is. I didn't either. But everywhere, I, I was dry all the time. But I noticed a couple things. I noticed even though I was dry, I would get white patches here in between my, in the pit of my arm. I'd get white patches here. I'd get white patches, white streaks uh, uh, of salt on my skin. And I didn't even know I was sweating. It was so dry, this negative humidity. The minute that if you open your mouth, your tongue dries out. 130 degrees, negative humidity, so it just draws all the moisture that you could possibly imagine. And sometimes life feels that way. 
we may get up in the morning and have devotions and we may, may read and we may pray, but, but we get out in the world and it feels like it is just dry. And when it's dry, then we're brittle. And when it's dry, we, we break easy. And when it's dry, we can catch fire and be consumed relatively easy. Being dry is not good. As a matter of fact, Jesus came so you could be wet. Jesus, Jesus came so you could be wet, so you, so you could become a carrier, an avenue, a, a, a vessel for his precious spirit, for the river of God that flows from the heart of God through Jesus to you and to me. And we're going to talk about the purpose for that. When he said living waters, the Bible says he was speaking of the spirit, capital S, that means God's spirit, who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. So, so you can get a picture of this. Jesus is anointed, the Bible says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed or attacked by the devil. Jesus was anointed with power to do good. Jesus was anointed with power to do good. He was wet with the power of God. He had this river of life, this river of power, this river of cleansing, this river of strength that flowed from the throne room of God through him to people all around him. And we could see people coming to take a drink like the woman with the issue of blood. She reached up and she grabbed the hem of his garment and power came out from him and healed her. There, there was, he was in a, a little house in, 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 in Galilee. He was in Capernaum. And, and they let this man down from the roof and he says that, that the power of God was coming out from him because it was there to heal. They said in one section that the power to heal was present and see it didn't flow like like from heaven it flowed out of him and people knew that he was the source of that power he was in a dry world he was a big drink he was he was a canteen he was a he was a, a faucet he was a river of living water and Jesus said that anyone who believes in him out of his heart, rivers of living water will flow. But the Spirit hadn't been given yet. So you got his disciples who believe in him, but they're not born again. You see, sin hadn't been paid for yet. He hasn't breathed on them and told them to receive the Holy Spirit. They haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They're not saved. They're just followers of Jesus. They're, they're disciples. And I'm afraid, I'm afraid to say this. There are so many followers of Jesus disciples of Jesus that have never taken a drink. Once you take a drink of the Holy Spirit out of your, you have the ability, you have the ability, you have, should I say you have the capacity for rivers of living water to flow out of you, but that's a choice that you make every single day. Uh, you don't have to feel it, but it sure is good when you do. 
you don't have to feel God flowing through you, but, but it sure is a confirming uh, sensation when you feel God flow through you, when you pray, when you feel God flow through you, when you lay hands on somebody, when you feel God flow through you, and it's like wisdom is coming from you that's way above your station in life. That, that's the Holy Spirit. Life without the Holy Spirit is dry. Life without the Holy Spirit is brittle. Life without the Holy Spirit can catch on fire and be consumed by the cares of this world relatively easy. But when you're full of the Holy Spirit and rivers of living water, listen to me, are flowing out of you, not just flowing in you. Now you have become a vessel of God that can be used by him to do things on this earth above the curse, above this life, above the attacks of the devil, beyond your capability and your capacity. Can I say, can you say amen? I can say amen. Acts chapter 2, verse 32. So Jesus is walking on the earth with his disciples. He hasn't gone to the cross yet. Uh, he, hasn't, he, hasn't, he hasn't paid for your sins yet. He hasn't been resurrected by God's spirit yet. So, but but he's, he's been born of his spirit and he's anointed with the spirit. So, so all he can do is he could, he, could, he could impart the spirit to people with a touch. He could impart the spirit to people with a word. He could release a, a dose of the spirit for healing. He could release a, a quantity of the spirit if it's measurable to, to, to somebody's heart. He could, he could cause that, that little dose of the river that's flowing through him and he could, he could speak a word and a demon would leave because the power was released. And, and the disciples didn't have that. They had to operate in... Uh, place of authority that released the kingdom of God into the lives of people, but they weren't able to release the spirit of God yet because they didn't have him. Jesus couldn't give them the spirit to stay. Jesus said, hey, I'm going to go and it's going to be better for you because you'll have the Holy Spirit. You know, you have him with you and soon he's going to be in you. That hadn't happened yet. But after Jesus' resurrection, he was sended to the Father and he came back down. Now, he ascended to the Father with his own blood, and he came back down. He taught for 40 days. His disciples and over 500 men saw him, were taught by him. Man, those would have been some meetings to be in. He taught for 40 days, and then he ascended into heaven. Before he went to heaven, he said, now you wait in Jerusalem until you have been baptized with the Spirit, until you've been baptized with the power. Because John baptized with water, but you won't be baptized in fire in just a few days. And so they waited 40 days. They weren't waiting for themselves to get right. They were waiting for Jesus to make things right in the heavenlies. Now, I'm going to take a little side journey. Don't get deep into it, but I'm going to tell you what happened. When Adam sinned, his authority over the earth actually touched heaven. When Adam sinned, he actually made dirty the holy of holies because that's where he was operating from. 
When he, when he sinned and he, he lost the spirit of God, that, that polluted the holy of holies. And so Jesus carried his own blood. This is in the book of Hebrews. And he cleansed the heavenly utensils of worship. In other words, everything that was in the earthly temple was up in the real temple. And Jesus had to cleanse that with his blood. He had to cover that with his blood so it could be used by men again. As a place of authority, a place to speak and a place to pray from. Now, that, that, that's a little extra, but, but Jesus did that, and it took 40 days. What a mess Adam made. What a mess Adam made. You ever wonder how come the devil could walk in the presence of God when Job was on the earth before the first covenant? Because he made access through Adam's sin. That's what polluted the holy of holies. He can't do that anymore. He cannot walk into heaven. He cannot, the devil, cannot walk into the presence of God anymore because Jesus cleansed the heavenly utensils of worship, the altar, the cherubim, the, 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 the gold ark. He cleansed that with his own blood. And then here's what happened, Acts chapter 2, verse 32. Before I go there, this is the very first message that was preached about salvation in Jesus' name. Oh, man, I could, get, I, could, I could just go right now, praise the Lord, looking at the time. Listen, are you guys with me? Okay, come on. Mm. Have you ever wondered what's meant by the gospel? The Bible uses this word, the gospel. Have you ever wondered, you know, we get that into plain English, it means good news. Jesus went and proclaimed the kingdom and the gospel. He told his disciples, go proclaim the kingdom and the gospel. Have you ever wondered what the gospel is? The gospel is not if you believe in Jesus and you die, you get to go to heaven. It includes going to heaven. But sweet pea, when you get to heaven, you're not going to be there very long anyway. We've got things to do. That is where the church has left the gospel. That's not, you won't find the word heaven once in the first altar call in Acts chapter 2. You won't find the word heaven in the second altar call in Acts chapter 3. You won't find it in Acts chapter 19. You won't find it, you won't find it in what the apostles declared. They preached the good news. They preached the good news. Sweepy, you don't have to live this life by your own strength. You can live out of the power of God because he's going to put it in you. See, the good news is Jesus made a way. That's the easiest way to say it. He paid the penalty and he made the way so your spirit could be recreated. So God could put his spirit in you. And you're supposed to let that river of living water that is flowing from heaven flow out of you into a lost and a dying and a dry world. And as you do that, that is your purpose. That is your mission. As you let that river of power, that river of love, that river of wisdom, Wisdom flow out of you, then what happens is everything that you have need of is taken care of. You're content and you're fulfilled and you're well provided for and you're healthy because you're fulfilling the mission that God has called you to, not by your own strength, not by your own power, but by the Spirit is what God says. Out of His Spirit, out of your Spirit will flow rivers 
of living water. My gosh, that was just the introduction. Praise God. Galatians chapter 3. When you sin, and we all sin, it's like we're born with this mason jar that's just full of clear water, innocent like a baby. And then when we make the decision and the choice to sin, we violate, we violate that mason jar and we put a dropper of black ink inside of it. It's sin and it's polluted and it's permanent. And what it does is it ruins that beautiful crystal clear mason jar. It can't be cleaned again. But when Jesus, Jesus, when Jesus paid the price for your sin, when he became sin on the cross with your sin and with mine, he put that thing to death. He paid the penalty so he'd have the right to give you, those who believe in him, those that believe that he was resurrected by the spirit, that he would use that same spirit to resurrect your inner man, that your old mason jar that's all tinted in yellow and brown is, is, is broken and taken out of you and he gives you a brand new one and then he pours his spirit inside of that new mason jar your old wineskin got taken out you got a new wineskin he put the, the Holy Ghost the new wine inside you the oil of God the healing healing balm of Gilead he put his spirit inside of you so you don't have to live this thing by your own capacity by your own strength by, by, by your own thoughts by the force of your will but you could live this Thing, out of the very life and the nature and the power of God himself that raised Jesus from the dead. That's the gospel. And because you have that deposit of the Holy Spirit in you, you're guaranteed heaven. Temporary housing. Just temporary housing. Yes, Joe Sloan, when he comes, what happens? What happens when we go to heaven, uh, you know, after the tribulation? What happens when we go to heaven? Uh, what happens after the tribulation when we go to heaven? He'll, he'll tell you. We're going to need that power. Galatians chapter 3 explains the gospel in a simple way to, to Christians who were not Jewish, but then once they became Christians, Jews came down and said, oh, you've got to circumcise yourself, and you've got to cut your hair, and you can't eat pork, and you can't do this, and you can't do that. And Paul writes to them correcting all of these things that the Jewish people thought made them holy when it wasn't that at all. It was the new mason jar, and it was the new fresh clean water that was coming out of the throne room of God that river of life and he said in Galatians chapter 3 verse 14 see through Christ Jesus God has blessed you and me uh, you Gentiles with the same blessing he promised Abraham now, now I want you to catch the context of this the church in Galatia had been convinced had been hoodwinked that they needed to become Jews so that they could become good Christians and, and the, the Jewish nation was born and came out of a promise given to Abraham. 
that through his descendant, through his seed, all nations would be blessed. And I want this is a definition of what it is. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit created this, this avenue through Jesus, his suffering and his agony on the cross and his resurrection, that you and I could be made right with God, our penalty could be paid so that he could legally, ethically, and morally replace your broken spirit with a new one that could contain the river of God, his precious Holy Spirit. I'll tell you what, when you begin to understand this, you will not say the Holy Spirit anymore. Because the Holy Spirit isn't it. His Holy Spirit is God. And God lives in you. If you're born again, no matter how, how nasty you feel about yourself, if you're born again, then you have God's Spirit in you. You may have a, a little trickle. You may have, uh, you know, half a mason jar, but you can have, you have the capacity to have a river flowing through you. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter four says, for the kingdom of God, verse 20, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, but it's, I love this. This is the gospel. The kingdom of God is living by God's power. So why, why do we go through all these programs and these steps to, to try and live above where we're at when God's power is within us? We can't, we can't figure out how to live by God's power. We can't figure out how to live a better life. We can't live, figure out how to live an extraordinary life. We want to because something on the inside is crying out for it. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief's purpose is to kill, Satan's purpose is to kill, to destroy, and to steal, but my purpose is to give them a rich and a satisfying life. In the Greek, rich and satisfying means this, uh, satisfaction, but extraordinary. Jesus came to prepare a way so the Holy Spirit could live in you. His last teaching discourse with his disciples, John chapter 14 through 17, some of the richest parts in the scripture. Before Jesus goes to the cross, he says, you got to know this. And it is three chapters all about the Holy Spirit being in you and how you are to let him flow through you. That's when he said, greater works will you do than I because I'm going to the Father. And when I go to the Father, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit and he'll enable you to do greater works than me. 
Pastor Nietzsche and I pray three things over you guys all the time. Cathedral family, we pray three things over you all the time. No matter where you're at in the world, we're praying these three prayers for you. We pray that you understand. We pray that you give that God gives you life, and we pray that he empowers you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. See, the apostle Paul is praying for the church. God, let me help you. He's not praying that the persecution go away. The Apostle Paul doesn't pray that there'll be better people. The Apostle Paul doesn't pray that they learn the dietary laws of the Jewish nation. The Apostle Paul doesn't pray for provision, for need. Because he knows if these three things that he prays comes about in the believer's life, those who he led to the Lord, that they will live an abundant, extraordinary, satisfying life. In Romans chapter, Ephesians 1, he says, understand. He said, I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. How can you understand something that is not comprehensible? How can you understand something that is more than you could think and more than you could imagine? Because you've got to quit thinking with your head and think out of your spirit. They're spiritual thoughts. You can't wrap your mind around it, but you can wrap your spirit around it. See, see here, here's the thing. That we first pray for you guys that you'll understand what's available to you. The resources, the ability, the power, the love, the wisdom, the knowledge that comes from God directly to you is available to you. Why aren't I, why aren't I able to access it? We'll get to that, Romans 8, 11. He says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That's the gospel. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life, that word is zoe, to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living in you. There's a lot here too. The life-giving spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now is in you. And God desires to give that zoe, that very life and nature of himself, to your mortal flesh. What do we call that? Healing. Re regenerative properties. Come on. If, if it could cause Jesus, who was dead, to become alive, if it could cause... Uh, uh, Lazarus, who was four days dead and decomposing to come back alive, what, can he, what can't he do through you by the spirit that lives in you? And, and here's, here's what we've been trained with Western uh, theology and Western medicine, that we have to go somewhere to get healed, that we have to get something and add it to us to get better. Well, yes, some of those things may be necessary, but listen, what lives in you is the antidote to what ails you. What lives in you is the antidote to what ails you. 
What will, what will strengthen the weakness that you're experiencing is the power that raised Jesus from the dead that's already in you. But see, for some reason, when we pray, we're praying, God, send something down that I don't have. I got a headache. I got a headache. I got a headache. I got a headache. Well, why have you been hanging on to that, that bottle of Tylenol all day then? You have the answer. I feel weak. I feel dry. Well, you got that bottle of water you've been hanging around all day. Why don't you take a drink? My body is racked with pain. Hey, this isn't an easy thing. This is a process. But you learn to drink from the spirit of God that is within you. But the problem is we've only become drinkers and we haven't become bartenders. We've become, we've become gluttons of the new wine, but we won't share a glass. So, so Niji and I, Niji and I pray first that you begin to comprehend it, and secondly that God would give life to your mortal bodies. But third, Ephesians chapter three verse sixteen, that God would empower you. He says, I pray that from His glorious unlimited resources, that God will empower you. with inner strength through his spirit. One translation says, we'll strengthen you, empower you in your inner man. Again, we're not looking for the outside in, we're looking for the inside out. The answer is right here. Oh, please hear me. This is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. It can, it can certainly help you with depression. This is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. It can certainly help you with anxiety. This is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. It can certainly help you with a pain of arthritis. This is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. It can surely recreate your liver. It can surely make your kidneys work right. It can surely, if it could raise Lazarus from the dead, this power that is within you can give life to your mortal body, strengthen you, an unusual comprehension. Please hear me. I'm moving way too much, aren't I? Uh, praise the Lord. Please hear me. The image of what we're praying for and what we need has got to change. We're praying for something to come whether it come by a man to the door with what we need or we're praying for an angel to move it from here to there. We're praying for an anointing to fall upon us that lays us out on the floor that when we get up, we're whole and we're new. Sweet Pete, that, that, those are miracles, but we're not to live by miracles. We're to live by the process of salvation, which is the Holy Spirit living in us, strengthening us as we strengthen those around us. We take a drink as we serve those around us. God didn't mind you getting drunk in the Holy Ghost. Just make sure you're a bartender for the neighborhood. Come on. Serve them up. The truth is this. You ready for hard truth? 
the reason it's not working is because you're selfish. Christianity is about you. Christianity was never meant to be about you. It's meant to be about others. It's not really about your needs. It's about fulfilling the needs for others. And when you do, guess what? That power, that river of living water flows through you and you're refreshed. <laughs> when you help somebody who's, who, who's, who's depressed, who's struggling, and you, you minister to them and you love on them, you spend time with them, guess what? That river of living water flows through you and you're refreshed. Hey, you don't have to feel well to go pray for the sick, but when you pray for the sick, guess what? That river of living water flows through you and you'll be refreshed. Ephesians chapter 3 says uh, that he will empower you in your inner man. On the inside here, this is an empowerment. This is a strength that doesn't come from rest. You could go on a vacation and think you're resting and come back more tired than when you left because you didn't spend time letting the river of living water flow through you. You disconnected from God for seven and a half days and you don't know why you're dry and you don't know why you're tired and you don't know why you're anxious. I just spent vacation. I need a vacation from my vacation. No, you need to never take a vacation from God and let him work through you all the time because wherever you go, there are people that are dry. There are people that are thirsty. There are people that are in need. John chapter 7, verse 39. Remember Jesus said, uh, when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit that would be given to those who believed. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we can ask or think. Let's not go by that too fast. God is able through his mighty power to accomplish infinitely more than we can ask or think. That's not what it says. It literally says in the Greek, it says that God is able according to the power that is working within us to accomplish infinitely more than what we ask or what we think. So if the power of God isn't working through you, it's not going to work for you. If the power of God is not flowing through you, it's not going to flow into your problem. If the power of God is not activated for others, it's not going to be activated for you. Because it is this, it is working, the, the mighty power within us is working as that, that, that is able, he's able through his mighty power at work within us, according to. If it didn't work, and it didn't go work. So let's go back to the bartender. Your livelihood depends on serving drinks. But all you're doing is drinking to you feel good. And you got a room full of people that are thirsty. It's Kool-Aid, okay? It's soda water. You've, you've got, you're the tap.
from God the Father who is a spirit flows out of him something that he prepared for of himself for you and for me and it comes through Jesus and Jesus pours it out into us. It's not supposed to stay in us. It is supposed to go through us. Guess where the the places is supposed to go the most? The ones you work with, the ones you live with, your neighbors. Because I know from experience, it's easy to go overseas and let that power flow through you. It's a little more difficult in my kitchen when she's mad at me. You got to let that power, that love, that, that, that patience, that kindness, you got to let that flow through you. If it's not flowing through you in your kitchen, it isn't going to flow through you when you're in need. If it's not flowing through you in your neighborhood, it's not going to flow through you when, you, when you're in need. You're not going to have, when you're thirsty, there's going to be nothing to drink because it's not flowing through you. He said living water would flow. Can you throw up that picture of the Dead Sea? That is a picture of the Dead Sea. You see all that white stuff there? That's salt. If you go 60 feet down, that that water is almost 50% salt. There's so much salt in there, even I can float. That's got, that's got, it's 34% salt, that water is. That water is not salty because of what went in it. That water is salty because it has no outlet. And there's some types and shadows here I want to share with you. This dead sea has no outlet. The flow stops. So the living, the living water that flows into it, it either seeps out or it's evaporated. And when it's evaporated, guess what happens? The salt gets left behind. So the dead sea gets saltier and saltier and salter. And nothing can live there. There is no life besides some very uh, rare forms of algae in that entire Huge lake, and that thing is miles long, miles long. It's 10 times more salty than the Atlantic. It wasn't always that way. There was a chain of lakes that came out the south side of that for years. And people lived all around that basin because it was teeming with life. Now, can you show me a picture of the Sea of Galilee? See, see right up top there in, with dark green, there's a little, that's the Sea of Galilee. That's where the disciples fished. That's where Jesus' ministry was based out of, out of that Galilee. He lived in Capernaum right there. And that's a type in a shadow. Everything came out of the Sea of Galilee. That was good water. There was lots of fish there. There's lots of markets there. There's lots of life there. And guess what's coming out of the bottom of it? There's a river coming out of the bottom of that thing. And that river of living water. See, they, they, when Jesus said living water, these guys knew what he was talking about. Because they were living by the living water. He was preaching right by the living water when he was talking about this. But just down the road, there was dead water. It 
was good water that was ne never had an outlet. It never had an outlet, and, and it just kept evaporating until eventually the water could not support any kind of life, and now the water is toxic to life. Don't want to drink that stuff. So when he said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water, they knew he was talking about the Jordan River, which is what's between the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. That's a type of what we are when we don't serve others. When we, when we don't fall into the purpose of what God created us to do is to love others. Jesus called us to win people to him, to bring them to salvation. That's a goal of our faith, is the salvation of souls. We're here for no other reason reason and when we're not working on that or supporting that guess what we bind that's what it's supposed to be like we're supposed to be like a river of living water but we end up show that dead sea again we end up like that now go back to the one that shows me the location of those two cities it's going to be pretty fascinating I want you to see something here Guess where it ends? Where Sodom and Gomorrah was. When Sodom and Gomorrah fell, when it was destroyed because of sin, that's when things started to get dammed up. That's when those ten lakes that followed the chain beyond it evaporated and went away. Something else that's interesting is on the way along the Jordan from the Sea of Galilee near the West Bank going all the way down to the Dead Sea. In between there, there was a place called Jericho. And this is, this is interesting because there's a reason that thing stopped up. It's a type and a shadow for us to learn from. The Lord said, when you destroy Jericho, don't you dare take anything. When you conquer Jericho, don't take any of the money don't take any of the gold don't take any of the women don't even take a puppy dog home with you you've got to destroy it all you know what they didn't destroy it all and sin got into the camp because of greed they they took something that didn't belong to them God said don't touch it and they touched it anyway they put it inside of their tents and later the place of Sodom and Gomorrah just a little farther down the line of life it plugged up and the river of living water became a dead sea putrid water that if you put a live fish in it would be dead within seconds So let me ask you, are you a Sea of Galilee Christian? Or are you a Dead Sea Christian? The very life and the nature that God is flowing in you, is it flowing out and you've got fresh living water that can support life, that can bring about plant life, that can bring about economies, that can, bring, can provide jobs, all of that. Is that flowing through you or have you damned it up because of greed and, and sin? Greatest sin, not doing what Jesus has called each and every one of us to do, which is to love, lead, and teach. Love people into the kingdom of God. Lead them to Jesus. Teach them how to follow him. And all of those things are about leading more to Jesus because they're dying and going to hell without him. When we find our purpose and we begin to activate or when we begin to let the floodgates open of that river of God within us. 
everything that we have need of begins to manifest in our life. Wisdom. Favor. Healing. Provision. Strength. Knowledge. Greater capacity. According to his mighty power that is at work within us. We exist to fulfill Jesus' great commission to win souls. That's what the power is for. But we've got preacher after preacher and church after church and denomination after denomination and doctrine after doctrine that says this is all here for you. God loves you so much. It's all here for you, for you to feel better, for you to live a better life. Hey, that is part of the process. You can be a Sea of Galilee. You could be the Jordan River, or you can be a Dead Sea. I love you guys enough that I'm going to tell you the truth. And be honest with you, most preachers won't, won't because they're afraid that they'll walk out the door. The truth is, you'll stop struggling when you get involved with the Great Commission. You stop struggling as much. It's still going to be hard, but you got something on the inside that's giving you fresh every day. Come on, fresh every day. Fresh every day. Fresh every day. Are you tired of waking up seeing dead fish beside your bed? Are you, are you tired of waking up seeing, seeing dead animals, dead fish, dead plants? All around your yard. Are you tired of waking up and see, here, smelling the stank of stagnant water? The answer isn't up there. The answer isn't out there. The answer is right here. Open up that valve. Release that gate. Let the water begin to flow. You're not going to run out because you're not the source. He is. You'll have more than enough because Jesus came to give us more than enough so we could live that extraordinary life. So when somebody looks at you, they say, I don't know. Everything that guy touches seems to work. He goes through hell, but he gets back up and it works. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how she does it. I don't know what's going on, but they got something on the inside I wish was inside of me. James chapter 2 says, just as the body, James chapter 2 verse 26, just as the body is dead without breath, so faith is dead without good works. What are the good works? What are the deeds? Ready? Love, lead, teach. Put the word others behind it and you're doing okay. You're doing okay. Love others, lead others, teach others. You know what? Maybe we should be like Jesus and live for others. Wouldn't it be extraordinary if people felt power coming out from you and knowing it would do good? So they just wanted to be around you. 
Wouldn't that be better than people walking away from you and wishing they hadn't wasted the last 15 minutes? Have you ever wondered how somebody feels after they spend time with you? Have you ever wondered how they feel, how their world changes from the time that you spent with them? If you haven't, then you may be a, you, you may be a, you may be a selfish bartender. I am here. You are here. This church exists to serve others. To love them into the kingdom. To lead them to Jesus. And teach them how to follow him so they can find their purpose. And they'll fulfill their purpose which is leading, loving, and teaching there's only one source for this life, guys. It's not Buddha. It's not Confucius. It's not a hundred different ways to the Lord. It's John 14, 6. Jesus said this. I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes in the Father except by me. No one comes to the Father except by me. Picture it this way. Please picture it this way. I don't know any other way to describe the presence of God but this. He lives in unapproachable light. So just imagine light. And out of that light comes another shaft of light. And Jesus is sitting on the throne. And it's flowing through Jesus. And Jesus is, is sitting there with his hands like this. Looking down at you and looking down at me. And he's seeing trickle, trickle. I got a stream here. I got a stream there. Wow, there's a river. Yeah, there's increase that, Father. Increase that. Why didn't he give some? Why doesn't she pray more for other people? Why doesn't he love his wife like he should? And picture from that throne room of Jesus, shafts, rivers of living, loving water power, strength, wisdom. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talking. It's a matter of living out of his power. First thing I want to do is I want to pray this morning. All of us would feel the need to repent. I mean to repent of living this life for ourselves. You know, and, and to ask God to give us a heart for other people. This world has become so selfish. This world has become so isolated. We're connected more than ever before, but we're more isolated than ever before. We've got to get out of our comfort zone into a, a new level of relationship with people. Rub shoulders with them. Be there for them. Love them until they're clean. And that's not by doing things, it's by receiving. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Check your heart.
your heart's like kind of between, I'm not talking about your pumping organ, your physical thing, but the inner part of you between your, your mind and your, your spirit, your, your, let's say your head and your belly. It's up higher. Check your heart. See, you're to guard that thing. You're to guard your heart. It's awful hard to guard your heart if your spirit is empty, if your spirit is dry. Now go down a little bit lower. You know, the scripture calls it the bowels, the belly. Are you dry in there? Is it rancid? Is the salt level building up? Is there an avenue is there a tributary? Is there anything coming out of you into the life of somebody else? Is there an access for, for what God is putting in you to go into somebody who can't do anything in return for you? If there's not, or if there's not very many, we need to pray that God would increase that. We need to commit to the Lord that we will give people access to our lives so that that river of living water can begin to flow into their dry land. So if that's you, and it's probably all of us, including me, then put your hand on your heart and I'm gonna pray with you. Heavenly Father, we're not asking for a, a time here where we raise our hand and we say, that's us, I identify with that. No, no we're, we're looking at a time right here where we're saying, make a change in me. Yes, I, I want to feel better. Yes, I, I want to be stronger. Yes, I, 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 I want confidence in, in my inner man. But more than that, God, I, I struggle with it. Help me want to help people to love people to point them towards you help me Jesus for each one here that is praying that prayer God release an anointing to break the dam open break the dam open break the dam open we know it'll take a little bit of time, but that salt water will go, that dead water will go, that stagnant water will go, and rivers of living water begin to flow through us, and life will appear teeming all around us. No more death, no more destruction, no more depression, no more anxiety, no more guilt, no more shame, but life, life, and more abundant life flowing everywhere your river flows. Let that be, Jesus. We give you full reign over our hearts. Change us. Use us. In Jesus' name. And with every head still bowed, if you're here this morning and you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or you need to return to him this morning, the Bible says if you believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, you can be saved. But when you confess Him as Lord out of your mouth, that's when salvation is acquired. That's when it's released in you. That's when your spirit is made new. And if you've polluted your spirit and you need a clean spirit, 
or if you need to you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life for the first time just real quick slip your hand up right and back down right and back down yes anybody else right and back down yeah say this with me dear Heavenly Father I believe in you. I believe in you. I do believe in your son Jesus. I do believe in your son Jesus. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my sin. sin. Jesus, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Lord of my life. Father, make my spirit new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, then just text the word new. A number that's up on the screen or a number that's coming across the live feed or messages and we'll get you in. if you're, you're overseas or you're here in the United States and you need a Bible we can get you and connect to an internet Bible digital Bible every morning this week why don't we wake up and say God what good can I do today? And every night before we go to bed, say, God, what good did I do today? And let me, let me add something. That, Lord, what good can I do for somebody today? And then at night, Lord, what good did I do for somebody today? You'll find out real quick whether you're a bartender or not. Go ahead, Cole.